Hello and good morning. It's Friday, the 9th of November, 2018. Welcome back to Autonomous Cars with Mark Hogue, the first and only weekly podcast on autonomous cars in the world. Today, episode 65, a very special episode this, as I'll be interviewing Elena Farnsworth, the CEO of The Next Education, on her mission to educate and empower the world's talent for this new era of autonomous and connected mobility. First things first, though, it is Friday, which means it's Friday poll day. Thing is, though, while several of you were good enough to alert me to the fact that my word choice for the question last week was rather poorly worded and potentially resulted in some skewed results. So if only in the interest of, you know, A-B testing and really sort of upholding proper scientific methodology, as it were, uh, I'm actually running the same question again. All I ask of you, though, on your good honor, is that you promise not to vote again this week if you did it last week. I want to make sure that we get all new people who never voted last week. All right, so that said, the question is indeed otherwise the same. So in terms of death rates of human-driven cars, that's 40,000 per year in the U.S. or 1.3 million per year worldwide, how much safer do autonomous cars need to be before you'll trust them as much as a human driver? Is it A, as safe as humans, B, 25 to 50% safer, C, 51 to 75% safer, or is it D, 76 to 100% safer? Just head on over to Twitter at Autonomous Hogue, A-U-T-O-N-O-M-O-U-S-H-O-A-G. Follow me, cast your vote. We'll discuss it here next Tuesday. Hey there, do you find yourself looking forward to the next episode of this show? If so, that's probably a good sign that you like it. In which case, can I ask you a huge favor? Please head on over to iTunes and leave a five-star rating. This is a huge help to me, and it's your way of letting me know how much you enjoy it. Thank you very much. Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, ArmorAll, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on ArmorAll products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at ArmorAll.com. ArmorAll, less work, more clean. Terms apply. All right, so before we dive in here to the interview, just a quick bit of background on Elena. Uh, she's been recognized as a 2018 Top 10 Influencer for North American Automotive Suppliers, 2017 Rule Breaker Award winner, 2015 Tech Week 100, the Top Tech Leaders in Detroit, 2014 Cranes Detroit 40 Under 40, and 2013 Elite 40 Under 40. You get the picture. Elena is pretty awesome. She was also appointed Director of Global Communications by the Board of Directors of the International Connected Vehicle Trade Association, whose board includes multinational companies from 16 industry sectors, such as Intel, Cisco, Sprint, Delphi, Road America, Booz Allen, Hughes Telematics, amongst others. So, without further ado, the moment you've all been waiting for, I present to you now, Elena Farnsworth, CEO, The Next Education. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. 
With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Hello, Mark. How are you? Hello, Elena. Doing well, thanks. How are you? Excellent. Did we get the... uh... Technical challenge. Everything is all smoothed out. We are good to go. So uh, starting from the top again then, uh, happy Friday to you, of course. (laughs) Um, Yeah, thank you so much for... Indeed. Thank you so much for joining me today. Obviously, it's really great to get acquainted. And a huge thank you, of course, to your colleague, Josh, who helped to organize this chat for us today. Yeah, Josh is great. Absolutely. So uh, let's see here. As you know, we'll be dedicating uh, pretty much all of today's roughly 15-minute episode to learning everything we can about the next education, including and especially your motivation behind it, of course, and kind of what your goals are going forward with respect to this new era of mobility and autonomy. You know, simply put, the challenges that you're trying to solve and, and of course, crucially, why does this all matter? So to kick things off, I'd like to, first of all, just kind of open it up to you, if you'd like, to tell us a bit about yourself, kind of your background, and, of course, uh, an introduction to the next education and kind of what it's all about. Of course, yeah, I'd be happy to. So, uh, Lena Farnsworth, and I am the CEO of the Next Education, is quite different, and um, which got me started in this whole madness, I guess, of autonomous and connectivity. I'm a techie by trade, so my... My training is in technology and computer programming and cyber, but about 10 years ago, 15 years ago now, peak, um, we were, I was catapulted into the era of connectivity and communication and how data which was transmitted between local government agencies, federal government agencies, it looked like in the time of an emergency. Um, So without getting into all the details, what we found is, is that when you start transmitting massive amounts of data across multiple types of platforms, which could be techie platforms, it could be software, hardware, vehicles, infrastructure, any of these, any of these protocols take a, um, a turn on its own, I guess to say, when you start trying to manage all of the people and parts and software that are involved. So in, back in 2010, um, and I was fortunate enough to be involved with some brilliant people writing books and teaching classes on this new era of mobility. So I don't know if you remember back then, but that's when the cell phones, which, you know, really the smartphones entered the stage in, in 2007. So by 2009, 2010, we were starting to see that there was a need for people to know how to do integration and work the cell phones and then be able to take that to the next platform, which was the connected vehicle, the autonomous vehicle, and all of those pieces beyond that. So that's really when me and this team started writing, as I said, certification programs, training. We've worked with players like CompTIA, SAE International, Um, You know, we've been fortunate to work with some of the big players like New Horizon. um, And that's how we got started into this. Now, that was just, you know, my involvement in my team. And this year we made a the next education made a thoughtful switch to not only talking to connected vehicles, but also we speak and train to autonomous vehicles, automated vehicles 
And then those infrastructure pieces that are very much a part of the ecosystem um, because we know that there's not enough skilled workers. There's not enough workers to engineer. There's not enough workers to deploy the infrastructure when we start talking about smart cities as they're entering the stage. And so our main mission as a company is to empower the future worker to be able to put themselves into these jobs that never existed before, but in a way which is competency-based. So it's just not going to a, a, a trade show and sleeping at a Holiday Inn Express. It's more around, let's, let's really have a competency-based learning strategy so that we can have the workers of tomorrow support the proper deployment and execution of these new technologies. Got it. Well, that's a perfect segue, I think, to kind of dive right into the meat of all of this. So, I mean, and you just sort of touched on this right now, but really, you know, what, so why are we excited about this integration of autonomous vehicles and connect and mobility transport specifically? What is the practical sort of hands-on role of NextEd in all this? You know, one of the things that I've often said, for example, with respect to autonomous vehicles specifically, is that these this new era really represents the greatest step change in humanity since the Industrial Revolution. And I think we can see this demonstrated quite plainly by the fact that, you know, with the exception of perhaps the introduction of the elevator back in 1857, no new technology really brought with it such a huge sort of public discourse and very vocal outcry in many respects, right? So what is it about this particular integration that you guys are really focused on right now? Well, I, wanna, I want to answer that, that question with a little bit of a history, to your point. You know, change is uncomfortable. Historically, people are uncomfortable with change. And I always go back to, I have a wonderful video that I, I point to quite often of the early 1900s when the automobile was just really emerging on the stage in California. And you see this chaos movement of some vehicles which are um, horse and carriages because right. back then that was a vehicle then you have some folks that are on bicycles and then you have some of these you know first cars which a lot of people were worried that if you went too fast you'd get a nosebleed right but when you look at the transportation back there in the 19 you know 20s you see all of these coexisting methods of transportation but you see a car going from the right side of a unmarked road and it's dirt to the left side to pick up someone that's over there as a gentleman runs across the street and jumps on the back of a, a horse and carriage. So you had back then chaos, but when you think about what that did, it not only back in the 1900s when the vehicle and Ford, you know, launched these new things called automobiles, it not only begot to a different way to be transported, but it also, became a new revolution, a new way to work. So we got an assembly line off of vehicles and it, it showed how we would build new roads so that we could get places better. And all of these different technologies and innovations came out of the automobile. So we are right now living in that age and the, the world of AV and the world of automation and connected mobility is going to change our lives in that exact same way. We're going to be able to get people to their doctor's appointments that historically, if they didn't have methods of transportation, they couldn't get care for their health. We're going to be able to see the aging community that potentially would not be able to have that mobility because of a lack of ability to, to 
you know, drive themselves any longer, they'll be able to have a different caliber of life because they'll be able to get to places that maybe 10 years ago they couldn't. Um, when you and have it, a connection, practically speaking, also with respect yeah. to the recent elections, let's face it, that too, it's something I've never really heard discussed much. I mentioned it briefly in a recent episode, mobility too, autonomous mobility, no longer will it be impossible or difficult for folks to get to just a voting site if they were otherwise unable to do so previously. That is 100% correct. It, it, it really has a different um, quality of life for some of those sure. who historically haven't been able to get from place to place. But it's also going to have a wonderful impact on our jobs. There are going to be more jobs that are created that didn't exist in the very, you know, in the last 10 years, because we're going to start seeing very much like the, um, in, the invention of the, of the new jobs that happened when the automobile came on to play and we had the assembly lines. It's going to be the same type of evolution of job. You're going to have different workers that can play a role in being a part of this AV and connected mobility revolution. Yeah, totally. So let's dive in and talk about that, right? I mean, so what exactly, so obviously there's a lot of concerns, right? So, um, and with respect to jobs and talent, just as a quick aside, this may just do uh, so the first startup that we did eight years ago was actually a jobs talent matching site. So I'm <laughs> quite intimately familiar ah! and aware of the enormous challenges facing this space, including and especially during this new era. I mean, it sounds kind of funny to say it, but in the last eight years, I mean, to your point, ability, it's even more challenging now, not least of which, because as, as you've surely heard, there's certainly a big concern now with, you know, it's, it's, it's going to get worse in the sense that not only does it involve matching the right talent with the right jobs, which are also totally new sorts of jobs, right? But crucially, yeah. there's going to be a very, very big need to retrain existing talent for new jobs. For example, the, uh, I guess the textbook example on this is obviously, what do you do with all the truck drivers? when their jobs are automated? What do you do with taxi drivers? And that sort of a thing, right? So kind of what are, what are the concerns that you're facing in this regard and kind of what, what is your solution? <laughs> yeah, well, you know, if I have the 100% silver bullet, then we're going to be having a different conversation. Valid. Um, what, I, yeah, what I have, what, what we know in the industry, and there are, there's so much support for, for this is that we, we don't have enough talent and the universities are not able to keep up with the vast number of jobs that are evolving just because there's not enough people that one, recognize this industry. And two, we've seen study after study where many of the automotives and many of the software and many of the infrastructure folks, they are advertising jobs that don't have a department of labor code because they're new jobs that just emerged from a necessity oh, to have wow. working on the Yes, so that's a big problem. So um, one of the specialties of the next education and what we are very passionate about is we bring the right training to the right people. To your point, there's an entire workforce and I'm gonna use an example instead of the trucker example because that's used often a, a lot. Yeah, please, a new let's one would be great. <laughs> yeah, let's do a new one. Let's talk about those workers that have been working in the Department of Transportation for 10 years and they've historically fixed potholes and they've been, you know, civil engineers or they've been dealing with putting up traffic lights. And now suddenly there is a new revolution of smart cities. And so what we're seeing is these folks have the opportunity to upskill themselves because they 
Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Definitely need that foundational knowledge of transportation and infrastructure. But then we're going to layer on top of that. How do you maintain a sensor? How would you program these new technologies that are now accepting data from vehicles and infrastructure? And we're getting vehicle to vehicle, which is B2B, and B2I, which is vehicle to infrastructure, and then I to V. So we are seeing, you know, some of the leaders in in, in, um, the automotive industry, we're beginning to accept data now from the infrastructure. So we have an entire new need for not a PhD in autonomy, which doesn't exist, by the way, Um, but we need those hands-on workers that are gonna go out and be able to ground these very specific types of technologies and then maintain them and change parts and fix them when they break. And this allows people that maybe want more of that hands-on experience and they're not um, the four to eight year trained university person to have a new job in a really fun and exciting environment that has just entered the stage in the last five years. Yeah, so this this is really awesome. I mean, but it also, you know, let, let's see. So it sort of reminds me, at least analogously, of the discussion we've we've heard quite a few times about the transit. This is sort of an off-base analogy, but here we go. It sort of reminds me of what I've heard about the transition from, say, uh, workers in the coal industry moving to, say, solar or, or, or wind or whatever, right? And so I think the concern there is whether there's, first of all, you know, there's a presumption that there's, first of all, a desire, but more importantly, there's an ability to, as you say, and I love this term, to upskill, right, to transition to this new, yeah. this new space, this new industry. So, and I think this kind of leads into the segment I wanted to ask you about sort of credentialing, right? So can you talk a bit about that and how does this work insofar as, I mean, I, I'm sort of lumping that together with the ups, uh, upskilling. How, how does this all work? How do we compel people and make it easier for them to do this? Because that seems like a potentially insurmountable challenge, at least for a lot of people. Well, you have to eat the elephant one bite at a time, Mark. Um, and that's what we what we like to say is instead of overwhelming yourself with thinking, oh my goodness, this is not, you know, this is not going to be easy to achieve. What you really need to do is identify the strengths of the workforce that you have available or those students or future workers that are entering into this space. Now, where we are very fortunate, which is not exactly as the analogy that you put forth just a few minutes ago, is that we have people that have done this. And this is not all new technology. These are convergence of technologies that have been existence for a while, for some time. So what we can do is, as opposed to the traditional manner of, hey, let's get one instructor to stand up in front of a class and let's really talk about what we know, What our methodology has been, and we've seen very effective in this space, is let's bring multiple instructors with multiple backgrounds and with multiple experiences into the training environment so that we can get hands-on participation. So we may have a class, for instance, Mark, that will be 
a mechanical engineer, a civil engineer, an electrical engineer, and an IT engineer. And they may all be in the same class together working with subject matter experts that have been in the field for 10 so, years. And when you do that, you will- Well, that, yes. I mean, that just sounds fantastic. Because I mean, if ever there was a place which acquired the merging of all these different disciplines, this is surely it, right? I mean, no other space I can think of requires yes. this sort of merging of skill sets. And the credentialing is important. You're absolutely right. And, and this is why. We did a study back in 2012 with several of the really large players in this space. And we found that 85% of the people that were being educated in connected vehicle and intelligent transportation were becoming educated by going to trade shows and reading publications, really? which your retention rate when you do something of that nature is only about 15 to 20%. Now, the sad part is we conducted a similar study with one of our clients last year, and it had only gone down to 80, you know, it's on 80% of the folks were getting the trade show and skill set. So we're still a long way from competency-based learning. On their own, trying to learn at, through trade shows because that was kind of the least bad way they could learn. There wasn't a proper formal way to kind of upskill themselves, as it were. Wow. Um, yes, That's, that is yeah. exactly right because it's really difficult. The Department of Transportation here in the United States has a lot of good free resources, and there are some resources out there, but a lot of folks that were entering into the market didn't necessarily have the uh, knowledge of where to go to get those. So what we're very excited about in the intelligent transportation side is we have aligned ourselves with the industry. SAE International is, you know, they came up with the levels of autonomy and there are clearly players in this space. And we partnered with folks like them so that we can make sure that we have competency-based credentials where we can say, this student has gone through a, a program that has been vetted and that is a competency-based program. And then they have demonstrated whether that is in a badge or whether that is in an assessment or whether it's a skill set evaluation. But those various degrees of allowing the student to show that they can perform at certain levels is a benefit to not only the student and the educator, but also the employers that are out there looking to hire. Hey, so real quick, I have a question I have to ask about this. So I'm sure a lot of listeners are going to perhaps wonder the same thing. So uh, how would you say this compares and contrasts to certain of the various online courses and credentialing programs that are out there? For example, Udemy, just to name one, or, or Linda, right? So um, would you say this is a compliment to that sort of sure. thing or vice versa? Or are these in some ways sort of mutually exclusive things? Mark? Whoop. Hello? Are we are you there? Oh, there you are. Yes, we're here. Yes, I'm, I'm sorry. We, we went out just a moment. Oops, sorry about that. Uh, did you hear the, the question come through? Uh, just trying to see. Uh, I did. Okay. I did, yeah. Well, we have, in our experience, we found that it's very much complimentary because like Udemy and Lynda.com and Udacity, they all have the online they have online versions and video-based training, which they do have competencies in those. But what we feel is that they're pieces of the ecosystem. And so, for instance, 
if you really want to know about intelligent transportation, you don't just go learn about cameras. You have to understand each place that the camera and the sensors and the data and the cyber and the software and the hardware, how all of these systems work together. And so to do that, there is a place for online learning, but there also is a place for that collaborative training that you can get both either in an in-learning, an, an in-person learning environment, or in a group learning environment that can be held online. So we think there's a place for it all, but there is not enough of us out there to be able to really um, fix the, the tremendous deficit that we have in workers. And so it's going to take more of both online and instructor-led and simulation plus some artificial intelligence tools to be able to really fill this gap that we have. Got it. No, that makes perfect sense. Well, in the final minutes we have left, I guess I'm um, looking forward to kind of loop it back to your really appropriate analogy about sort of the transition from the horse and to the bicycle and the automobile. We are obviously at a really sort of interim stage right now, aren't we? In sort of human technological yes. uh, evolutionary state, as it were. Um, looking back in time, we can see, we can sort of perfectly, uh, you know, uh, draw the, the, the timeline boundaries, as it, as it were, for that transition in the past. How long do you think this transitory state is going to last? At what point will you be able to say to yourself, cool, we've done it. We, we have completed that transition. So, so what, what, what's kind of the end game here for you? Like, at what point? Where are we looking on the timeline? Are we talking 5, 10 years, 15, 20 years, 50 years? Like, what does this future look like? Okay, yes, yes, and yes. And the reason that I say that is because... <laughs> right, and I'm, I'm like, often asked, oh, that's a wrap. That's a drop the mic. I'm often asked this question, and one of the things that a lot of people understand is this technology is not in the future, it's here today. Right. We have deployments that we, that we can go and see. We have them in Silicon Valley. We have them in Detroit. We have them in Texas. We have, we have a lot of deployments that are showcasing these technologies and that are allowing people to utilize them to get them um, both autonomous and connected. So it's here today. Now, I, will, I would also challenge you to think about this and many of your listeners in that, would you drive without a seatbelt today? I mean, no, of course not. Okay. And when, if you look back on some of the advertisements of the seatbelts, you know, there was a massive outcry when they were going to be strapped into their automobile. But now we wouldn't think about moving to a place in a car without putting that seatbelt on because it's critical for the safety of ourselves and our passengers. And very soon, as we see this technology really emerge, the same stance will be taken with both connected and automated vehicles because it's a safer way to travel. It has been proven that if the connectivity is there, we reduce accidents and we're trying to get to zero accidents and we don't want to lose one more life. Right, so absolutely. in the next 15, yes, in the next 15 years, we will see it way more than we see it now, but it's happening today. And so I, I would just encourage people that think it's in the future to do a little bit more homework so that they can see that this technology is saving lives. Right. Well, on that note, that is certainly a hopeful and optimistic view of the future with which I certainly share 
uh, well, I share this view with you very much. Otherwise, I wouldn't even be doing this podcast. So um, obviously, Elena, a huge thank you to you. And of course, we hope to hear more from the next education in the coming months and uh, years ahead, because obviously what you're doing is hugely, crucially important. So thank you very much indeed. Thank you, Mark. It was my pleasure. Have a great weekend. Take care. You too. Bye-bye. All right. Well, that's a wrap. Elena, thank you so much again for joining me on the show today. It's been a real pleasure chatting with you and learning all about your work at The Next Education. To those of you who tuned in to listen, thank you, of course, so much indeed. And have a wonderful weekend ahead. For those of you here in California with me, please stay safe with the fires. Don't forget if you're outside. And if you smell smoke, make sure to wear your masks. Don't worry about looking like a fool. Better to be a fool who's safe and healthy rather than one who isn't. Uh, Remember, masks must be N95s. Anything which isn't N95 isn't going to be doing anything for you. And in that case, you really will just be looking like a fool and not be any safer. So uh, anyway, until next time, that'll be next Tuesday. All the best. Thank you so much for listening. Bye-bye.